0: Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's Word and His presence to change your life. Everybody doing good? We're good. No? Yes. yes? You like a six out of ten? Where are we at today? Where do, I need to, where do I need to help bring you to, you know? <clears throat> no, worship was so good. Um, been a great Sunday so far. Welcome to church. Really glad that you're here. Uh, especially if you're new today, welcome to Our new Life. My name's Keith, I'm the campus pastor here. And we are really, really excited that you're here with us. I'm excited to get to share with you today. Um, I believe this, <clears throat> I shared this in, in first service, and I believe the same thing is available to you today. So I kind of want to give just a, a quick prophetic word to just, the, just us as a, as a whole. Because um, I believe there's a spirit of faith in the room today. And there is, there is a gift of faith that is available to you right now if you'll release your faith for and receive it. Amen? Um, I, I'm reminded, we, 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 when, it, when we look at 1 Corinthians 12, we look at the manifestation gifts of the Spirit. How many of you know about the gifts of the Spirit? How many of you still believe in the gifts of the Spirit? They did not pass away with the apostles. They're still alive and well today. Amen? And they're, they're, we, we like all the, the fun ones, right? The, the Word of Wisdom, Prophecy. Well, we don't really like this one—tongues, the interpretation of tongues. Like that's—it's all in there. Well, there's one that we, you know, healing, miracles. There's one we kind of—I tend to kind of skip over and not think about as a, as really a gift. But did you know that in Scripture it talks about that one of the manifestation gifts of the Spirit is faith? First Corinthians twelve verse seven says, "But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one." Say that's me. It's given to each one for the profit of all. The reason the Holy Spirit gives out his gifts is to profit the ones that you're sitting next to today. It's to profit the body. And it says, For for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit. I'm I'm not just talking... I'm not saying this because I want to talk about myself, but I, I feel like one of the things I've discovered for me that the, that the gift that is most pronounced in my life through the Spirit that comes on me more often than any other, I believe, is the gift of faith. It just, there, there's something about when I get in the presence of God that it, it seems to be the one that is manifested in my life more than anything else. And I felt it really, really strongly this Sunday. So if you're here today and you're saying, man, I, I just need some faith. I need a little extra confidence. I need some hope. I just need a little bit more push and strength to continue on in the Lord and what I'm going after. I want to pray for you today. But if that's you, just, I think sometimes I have you raise your hand, not so I know if I'm, I don't have you do it so I know if I'm hitting it or not. I, 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 because there's, it takes faith to go, I want it. And it says when you draw near to God, he draws near to you. There's something about going, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to raise my hand. See, did you see the the little girl in the front? She raised her hand. That's because she ain't scared. So don't be scared. If you need faith today, raise your hand. Say, I I want it. All right. Why don't you put your hand on your heart? Lord, I just release faith. I release just the gift of faith today to profit your church and to profit your people. And for those, for those that are here that are hurting, faith. For those that are here that need hope, I just speak hope and faith and confidence into their soul and into their spirit. And um, Holy Spirit, I thank you for rising up on the inside of them right now. And that they would feel a physical strength come into their mind and into their heart and into their emotions, God. And I just encourage them in the Lord that they can do all things through Christ who gives them strength that they are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, and they are in Christ, and the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in them. So they have what it takes, they have the wisdom they need. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful to them that you are faithful to them, that you are merciful and gracious to them. For some of them, their past, I just declare right now, your past does not define you, and your past no longer has a right to you. And so in the name of Jesus, we break agreement with our past. We break agreement with bondage to our past and our sin, and we look forward, like Natalie said, to what lies ahead. And we just thank you, Lord, for faith today. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen we receive it today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 That's worth coming to church right there. Amen. All right, if you have your Bible, open up to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Going to read a uh, well-known story, um, a very interesting story. Here we find this is the day that Jesus is raised from the dead. He's risen. He rises. He raises. Uh, I never know how to really say that. It's when he was raised from the dead. And um, he, the, the, the women go to the tomb. They don't find him there. The angel said, hey, he's, hey, he ain't here. And we find two guys on the road to Emmaus. That's the story we're, that, that we're going to read today. <clears throat> that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself "'suddenly came and began walking with them, "'but God kept them from recognizing him. "'He asked them, what are you discussing, "'or, yeah, what are you discussing so intently as you walk? "'They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. "'Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, "'You must be the only person in Jerusalem "'who hasn't heard about all the things "'that have happened there the last few days. "'What things?' Jesus asked. "'The things that happened to Jesus, the man of Nazareth.' They said he was a prophet who did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who would come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning. They came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them, Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to sea, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the woman had said. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all the prophets. what all the prophets wrote in the Scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus, notice this in verse 27, Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So here we have Jesus preaching a really long message. Because they're not in the car ride to Emmaus, they are walking because cars don't exist. So just make sure you know where we're at here, right? <clears throat> it's, it's a journey. He begins to explain all the scriptures to them. By this time they were nearing Emmaus in the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, stay the night. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment he disappeared. Thanks a lot, Jesus. It's like, we've been talking this whole time, getting to know each other, been talking literally about you, and finally we see you. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. I have no point to make with that except it's just kind of funny, right? Um, But look at verse 31 um, or 32. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn? Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? Today, I want to title the message, A Heart That Burns for Jesus. A Heart That Burns for Jesus. Would you just pray with me? Lord, thank you. Thank you for being here. Holy Spirit, would you lead us? Would you guide us? Would you speak to your people even as I speak? Would you just lead us in in your holy scripture today? We just even take a moment to honor the word of God and declare that it's life, that it's true, and that we need it. (laughs) That we need it. And so, Lord, just coach us up today. (laughs) Teach us and impart something to us. Do something in us. Help us to burn for you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Today I I wanna talk to you really around the idea of having a heart that burns for Jesus. I wanna talk to you about what it looks like to burn for Jesus and the typical, uh, my fashion, I, I, for some reason, the way that I'm wired, I tend to go to the how. Um, I like knowing the what and I love knowing the why, but probably more than anything, I like knowing the how. Like I, I could preach a message all day or listen to a message about burning for Jesus, but I, for me, at the end of the day, if I don't learn how, I just wanna pick up a chair and throw it. You know what I mean? It's like, I, like if you're gonna talk about it, tell me how to do it. And this is just the way the, the, the Lord has wired me. And, I, and so I really wanna hit on um, really how we began to burn for Jesus. But before we get to all of that, I, I wanna talk to you about your soul. Because I think this is, is a big part of burning for Jesus. You know, when, if I were to come to you and ask you, are you burning for Jesus? The first thought you would probably have is you would, you would turn inward and you would look to your emotions. You would, you would, you would evaluate, have I, have I felt, am I feeling anything for Jesus at this time? Have I felt anything for him this week? See, but we, we, we kind of have to talk about what we mean when we say burn for Jesus. This is a term that we kind of say, right? It's a term that you heard when you went to youth camp growing up. And for those of you who did that, all the sermons were about burning for Jesus, right? Having passion for Jesus. And I love it. But what are we saying when we say burn for Jesus? And when we get all the way down to it, what we're really saying is we want our soul to feel something. We want our soul to feel something. We're, we're, We're talking about having passion for him. This this desire to have passion, this desire for motivation. Let me say it this way. We want to want. We want to want. We want to have an energy. We want to have this will to, to actually pursue him and and have these emotions attached to what we're doing. So what we're really actually addressing and what we're really talking about today is the soul. When we say we want to burn for Jesus, to have a heart for Jesus, we're saying we want our soul to, to actually feel something. The only problem with that is that our soul doesn't. A lot of times our soul does not burn for Jesus. Come on, can we be real in church today? Is that all right? Is it all right if we talk about real things? Um, For some of you, you haven't burned in a long time. Have you noticed that you don't wake up burning for Jesus? You know what a lot of us wake up? If you're like me, you know how you wake up? Mad. I just wake up and I'm just mad. I don't even know why I'm mad. I'm just like, I'm mad because coffee has not hit my lips yet is why I'm mad. And, And there's some of you in here, you just wake up happy. Guess what? We don't like you. All right, one one, we're jealous of you, right? And, and, and you want to chat and you want to be all happy in the morning. And I so want to be you, but I so don't like you. I'm joking. <clears throat> it's kind of. Um, but it's like our, our, our soul, I want you to realize this today. Our soul wavers in its passion and energy for God. The part of us that we want to burn the part of us that we're looking to feel something, what you need to understand is our soul wavers. And the reason I want to tell you that today is because if you aren't burning for Jesus, if your soul wavers, I want you to realize you're completely normal. You're completely normal and there is absolutely nothing wrong with you. One of the the things that can happen in a message like this is you can leave feeling condemned and ashamed because you would say, I don't burn for Jesus and I haven't burned for him in 10 years. And what I want you to understand is that is the natural state of your soul. Your soul needs to be told what to do. What is the soul? The soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. When I'm talking about the soul today, it is, it, it is the, the, the part of you that makes up your mind and your thoughts. It's the part that feels. It's your emotions. And it is the part of you that, that has a will. Some of you are like, well, I, what's my will? Your will is the thing that makes you, your will is the thing that keeps you from going out for a jog every day. And if you decide you're going to do it, it's the, it's the thing in you that makes you stop after about a quarter mile, maybe less, maybe less. That's your will. And it makes up the soul realm. So you have to understand today, you are a spirit. Say, I'm a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. See, you are a three-part being. You are not a one-part being. You're not a two-part being. You're a three-part being. This is what scripture actually teaches us. What you also need to understand, too, is you are not a simple creation. Right. The human being is complex. And the most complex part of you is your soul. You have a lot of feelings in there. You have a lot of thoughts in there. And we're talking today about that. that's the part of you that you're wanting to burn for Jesus. That's the part of you that you're wanting to have passion in. And what I'm letting you in on is that part of you is the unredeemed part of you. And it is the part of you that that scripture teaches needs to be renewed. This is why it says to renew your mind. This is why in scripture you see David telling his soul to, to, to praise God. He's talking to his emotions. It's the reason why Awake My Soul, the worship song, got created. It's a song all about singing to your soul, Awake My Soul, and it's telling yourself, worship, jump, clap, lift your hands. It's, it, it, there's, there's a part of us that needs to be coached up. There's a part of us that needs to be renewed, amen? You wanna know why there's so many scriptures about persevering in, in, in scripture? Because you don't want to. (laughs) Why is it in there? Because we need scriptures to tell us to do it. Because our will, our soul doesn't want to persevere. Our soul doesn't want to wake up and read our Bible. Our soul doesn't wanna, doesn't wanna get up and worship. Our soul doesn't want to be nice all the time. Our soul doesn't want to do the things that God is asking us to do. What, what am I trying to say? Your soul's just like every other soul that's ever been. It wavers in its passion and its energy and its motivation for the things of God. So there's nothing wrong with you. But what you have to learn is as mature believers, We don't let our soul tell us what to do, we tell our soul what to do. We don't let our soul lead us, we actually lead our soul. So, if you want to start burning for Jesus, you got to start telling your soul to burn. If you want to start having passion and motivation, trust me, if you've been following Jesus for some time, Uh, You've you've experienced this in your life. If you wait around for the emotion to come, good luck. If if you only come to church when you feel like it, good luck. If you only exercise the fruit of the the Spirit called patience when you feel like it. (laughs) You just need to know, everyone around you is suffering. If I only preached when I felt like it, I would never do it. You want to know why? Because I have to go prepare. And guess what I don't like doing? Guess what my soul doesn't want to do? You know what my soul wants to do? It wants to enjoy the couch on Saturday. And there's nothing wrong with me and there's nothing wrong with you. It needs to be renewed. Now, I want to pause right here for a moment because many people in the church, it may not be you, but I want you to have this knowledge in case you get in a conversation with this person. And I'll be honest, this one hits this a hot button for me because I'm an emotional guy. And a lot of people don't like emotion in the church. They're scared of emotion. They've preached against emotion. They'd hate emotional altar calls. They they, they don't want, they don't like the altar music coming up at the end of the service because they're like, oh, I know why people walked up. It's because it's that beautiful tune that so-and-so was playing. Had nothing to do with the words. And they, they are against, they're against the soul. The only problem with that is that's not scripture. Let's start with this. God created you and gave you one. Let's, can we just like, that should be evidence enough that it's okay to have one. It's okay to feel. I'm not saying that they should, it should lead you. We already talked about that. It's okay to feel something. It's okay for sometimes your emotion to lead you to the front. It's okay for your heart to lead you to lift your hands. It's okay for your heart to, to lead you to lift up your hands in worship. There, there's a reason why, why the disciples said, our hearts burned for him. That word heart is translated as soul. Yeah. Happens to be a scripture that we all love to quote. In Matthew, chapter 22, says, "'Teacher, which is the most important commandment?' Jesus replied, "'You must love the Lord your God "'with all your heart and all your'," what? Soul. Which means God cares about you loving him with your emotions and your mind and your will it, the, the, he's okay with your soul. So if you get in a conversation with somebody and they're like, oh man, that emo- that's just emotionalism. That's just whatever. What you need to do is look them right in the eye and in love say, yeah, you need to get over that. Yeah, that's good. You need to get over that because it's actually not true. There might be some truth to it. I agree with that. But there is nothing wrong with, with us uh, engaging with God in our, the area of our soul. Come on, somebody. So we have this soul that is wavering that needs to be renewed. But also, when it comes to our soul, it is the part of our being that is the most influenced. You need to hear this today. Your soul is influenced more than any other part of your being. And it's influenced by everything. It's influenced by the quality of sleep you got last night. It's influenced by the food that you eat. It's influenced by the movies that you watch and the the music that you listen to. Your soul is influenced by the words that someone says to you. Your soul is influenced by the look that someone might give you or not give you. It's influenced by your body, the other part of your being, your body. It can be influenced by your spirit. Um, I remember learning this for the first time, and my pastor, he, had, he loved to do the de- demonstrations, and he had five big old boxes on the stage. And he had his body written on one, soul written on one, and spirit. And what he taught us, and this is so true, the soul, it is the thing that sits in the middle and is influenced by both. This is, this is one of the most valuable things you can learn in your walk with God, is learning this part of you. Here's, here's a great example. How do you act when you're hungry? No one wants to say it out loud. Not good. And so your body who has has physical demands influences your soul. Are you seeing this? Your soul is influenced not only by your your body and your spirit, it's also influenced by the world. It's inf- it's a- outward influences. The news that you listen to, I mean, the weather. Just walk into an elementary classroom on a rainy day and see how they're all acting. Do y'all remember when you were in school and it used to rain? You're like, flip, let's get out of here, let's let's burn stuff. (laughs) The weather's different. People just start acting crazy. For the next like two months, it's gonna be windy and dusty. And y'all are just going to need encouragement of the Lord every time you come in here on Sunday because you're just going to be ticked. Why do we live here? Your soul is is so influenced. Now, it wavers, it's unredeemed, and it's highly influenced. I want you to think about this. And that's the part of us that we want to burn for God. Think about that. The part of us that is influenced more than any other part. And you've wondered why your passion and your desire for God changes. It's because that's the part of you that changes. (laughs) So the question is, is how do we actually take over that part of our being? You know, I've got... Good news for you today, your soul may not be the part of you that burns for Jesus consistently, but there actually is a part of your being that does. There's a part of your being already inside of you as a born-again believer that burns for the things of God, that is motivated for the, for the will of God, that desires his correction, that desires his encouragement, that desires to worship, that desires and is motivated to be around the family of God, that is actually desired to, to, desires to read that word and read that scripture, and it is your spirit. The spirit within you desires and burns for the things of God, whether you feel it or not. That's a good word, and that's good news to you today. Right. See, many of us are looking for an outside thing to get us to burn. Man, I'm gonna go on the mission trip. I'm gonna go to the conference. I'm gonna turn on a better speaker than Keith. I'm gonna turn on my favorite guy. Like, I, and they, they're, they're looking for someone to light them up, and what I need you to understand is there is someone who will light you up, and it's the Holy Spirit in you and in your spirit. Amen. And that part of you actually wants and burns for God. It burns for him. How do I know this? Because scripture actually tells us this. Romans chapter 8. A beautiful scripture says, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out. Sounds like passion. Sounds like burning. By whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And and I forgot to put this in here, but I, I looked it up. This is the very next verse. The Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, himself bears witness with our spirit. Little S. That we are the children of God. It's the Holy Spirit. You may have never never realized this before. The Holy Spirit resides and is connected to your spirit. That is who he taught. That, that's when you hear him, that's what's happening. Your spirit is picking up on his voice. Right? <clears throat> how do, how, what's, a, what's a natural example of your spirit? Well, I think one of the, the, the things that you can, you can see the most, that speaks the most, if you go to a funeral and you actually see a body, you realize that that body was not that person. The spirit leaves. You also notice that the, that the mind, the will, and the emotions are no longer... Present. Our spirit enters into heaven, or it enters into hell. Our spirit is the part of us that goes on, and it is our spirit that was made perfect when we received Jesus. It was made perfect. I was so confused as a kid. Hearing the hearing the scripture, oh, but all things have been made new to those of you who are in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. You're a new creature. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I feel this. I think this. I still want to do this. How am I new? It didn't ever click until I realized I'm a three-part being. We all know our body doesn't get new. My knees still hurt. (laughs) So, (laughs) y'all, I'm going through some things right now, all right? I'm creeping up on 40, and I just don't feel like I used to feel, all right? All right. Beards turning gray. Like, like if I were to like jump off this stage, it hurts me to think about it right now. Alright. <laughs> I wish getting saved healed that, but it didn't, right? Our soul did not get renewed and did not was not made new. But our spirit was. And it's perfect. It's righteous. It's the purity and it's the righteousness that is living in you. And it's willing. It's willing. If you remember the story, Jesus, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was about to be crucified. He went with his disciples. He said, wait here and pray. And he went on to go and pray. He comes back to his disciples, and what does he find them doing? Sleeping. And look at what he says. He says, you couldn't watch with me even one hour. Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Are you seeing this? He was telling them, it actually, I know you're really tired right now, but if you were able to tap into your spirit man, it would be willing to pray right now. It's willing to pursue the things of God, it's willing to do the things. So I can sit here all day and I can, I'm going to give you some ways to, to burn and, and, and all that. But what I'm, what I'm actually wanting to talk to you about today is, is, is leading you into tapping into your spirit. Yes. I, don't, I, I don't really want to be here to hack the soul. We can spend, we, we, I will, I'll probably preach messages on it and whatever else, but a lot of people, they, they want to hack the soul. Well, you know, you want to know how you control your mind? Cold plunge. Just calms your mind down, you just, your body starts to feel all great? Life hack. Oh wait, you, wanna, you actually you want to go to sleep better? Sauna. Sauna right before you go to bed. I'm like, no, you get all sweaty, you're dumb. That doesn't work. I'm not here to emotionally hack you. I actually want you to tap into a deeper revelation, and that is your spirit is already burning. And if you'll begin to tap into him, that, that part of you the burn will get into your soul the passion will get into your emotions the passion will get in to your mind you see that is one of the answers today you want to know how you feed your spirit and you want to know how you actually get your soul to burn is you actually begin to do the things that enlarge your spirit. Amen. Amen. you, you got to enlarge your spirit, man. That's, that's a word of faith. You ever heard spirit man before? I love that term because it's like, you just say spirit and you're like, oh, where's he at? And you go, spirit man, and you're like, oh, there he is. <laughs> it's, that, it's that spirit man in you. And there's spirit w- women too, woman. I don't even know how you say that. Raised, <laughs> rises, I'm still confused. All right. This person, the spirit, you, we're spiritual. That's right. Come on, say that. Say, I'm spiritual. spiritual. Man, we, we, we a lot of times make fun of spiritual people. <laughs> we think spiritual people are weird. I've even kind of called them out multiple times, and I apologize for that, because I actually want to be more like them. The people that you can just tell, man, they're tapped into this, like, reality That is more real than what we're walking in—the reality that will last for eternity. That, 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 like, that there, there is a spiritual realm, and we are spiritual beings. And not, not to. uh, Here's another thing that your soul picks up on—not just how well you slept. There's a demonic realm as well. All kinds of things going on. So we have to learn. We have to learn to like. If, if, if over here is our spirit, you have to feed your spirit, man. You want to learn how how you tap into the spirit how you start to live from the spirit, you have to feed it. It has to get bigger than your body. It has to get bigger than your soul. It has to get bigger than the things that you think and the things that you feel. You have to have to have a big spirit. And the bigger your spirit is, the easier it is to notice it when it's talking. Is this making sense? I heard it said this way. You're a three-part being. This is a, a, golly, it is a convicting question. Which part of your being is sitting on the throne room of your life? Is it your soul? Is it your flesh, your body? Which, what, what gets to rule? And the more that you feed your spirit and the more that you do the things that feed that spirit man, the bigger it gets, the stronger it gets, the bigger biceps it gets, the buffer it gets, the more protein you give it, the more time it lifts, all of a sudden it gets so big on the inside of you that it's not hard to hear it. And I'm making a distinction here. Did you know that it's not just the Holy Spirit that can lead you, but your spirit can lead you too? And it's not really all the way worth diving super far into that. You're like, was that my spirit or the Holy Spirit? I don't know. If it's good, just do it. That's kind of where I kind of land. But there is a part of you that wants to do good because it's been perfected. Are you hearing me today? So the bigger that we can get our spirit, the more that we pour in, what I have noticed in my own personal journey is the bigger my spirit gets, all of a sudden it'll start to flow out of my spirit over into my soul and it'll start to influence it. So <clears throat> I'm gonna give you three points today on just how do we do this? How, how do we feed our spirit and how do we burn for Jesus? Remember, that's the goal. We want a heart that burns for Jesus. Number one, it starts with prayer and reading scripture. These are the areas that feed our spirit, man. These are the areas that renew our soul. These are the areas that, <clears throat> that make our spirit so big. That's what's really happening. It's not so much that it's changing your soul, which is happening, but it's feeding your spirit. Luke twenty four thirty two said, didn't our hearts burn within us? Notice the next part. As he talked with us and explained the scriptures. As he talked with us, prayer. As he read the scriptures to us. What caused their heart to burn? Talking with him and spending time in his word. It was communing with Jesus. Some of you are like, man, it, why does this always seem to be a point on how to do stuff? Because it is. <laughs> it just is. It's always, it always will go back to this. Prayer. Reading his word. I want to encourage you this week to do this. <laughs> but as you do it, I want you to realize you're communing with a person. That when you open up that word, you're opening up with a person. And I actually want you to, I want you to use your mind. I want you to use your soul this week. When you go to spend time with Jesus and you begin to open up his word, what I want you to think about is I want you to put yourself in the shoes of the disciples walking on the road to Emmaus and Jesus walk up beside you. That's what's happening when you pray. That's what's happening when you read that word. It's you're getting on that road and you're walking with him. And isn't it interesting that when you start, you don't recognize him? Isn't it interesting that it takes a long time? It seems like you just keep walking. I don't even know what I'm reading. This isn't really hitting it today. I don't want, and, and you just keep going and going. But all of a sudden there are moments when he, I see him. Yes. There he is. And he, man, he just hits you right where? In the spirit. Hits you in the spirit. Hits you in the spirit. Not in your soul, not in your mind. It gets out of here, it gets out of here. There's something that happens and he, you just start to burn. That you, You're like, this is what I was made for. This is like the, the, the God of the universe is freaking talking to me. He's talking to me. And he's moving me. He's filling me with passion and love and correction and sometimes sorrow and regret. And like, we just... He he just starts to work on us. And you think that that's just a soul thing? It's your spirit. Because you're engaging in a spiritual activity. And you're engaging with a person. It is not just a bunch of facts. It is not a, a, a book just to get wisdom from and to get direction for your life and to figure out your destiny and your purpose. This book... If you have a Bible today, would you just raise it in the air? That book, anybody? (laughs) That book right there is Jesus himself. It is life. And you need it. You must spend time in it. It is not okay for you not to. It's not okay. It's your choice, but it ain't okay. It is that serious. It is that big of a deal. He's merciful and he is gracious, but he also told us what to do. <laughs> and it's all found in there. And you want, you, wanna, you want a big spirit man? Know that word, read that word, preach that word. <laughs> so number one, you wanna burn, you wanna feed your, your spirit prayer and reading scripture, number two. You need to talk about him with your family and friends. You have to talk about him with our family and friends. Look at the same story, verse 14. It says, as they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and started walking with them. They were talking about him and he showed up. When you talk about him, you attract him. And when you attract him, you start to burn. You have to have people in your life that you're talking about him with. Talk about God. Talk about what he's saying to you, what he's doing, what you're confused about, what you read that day, which means you have to read. (laughs) Going back to point one. But you need people in your life You need to sit around dinner and have conversations about the word of God with your kids. Some of you are like, man, I don't know enough. I don't, yes you do, yes you do. That's a lie. Teach them what you do know. Talk with your wife. Wives, talk with your husbands about the word. Man, so this has gotten into the church and I'm not saying that it's all bad, but man, there has been such a move towards the soul and towards emotions and towards all the things that we feel. And I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that the church goes around talking about what they feel too much. And I know by the amens I got just now, you didn't like that. But like, talk about Jesus. Your words matter. And so you can either tell God about your emotions or you can tell your emotions about God. You can talk about how big your emotions are or you can tell your emotions how big your God is. You can let your soul lead or you can let your spirit lead in the word of God and the Holy Spirit lead. Come on. It's both. But it should should lean towards the Jesus talk. Why? Because your soul is crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. You can't trust it. It's influenced. It goes all over the place. So spending time talking about what it's doing that day so much, just go to sleep and wake up tomorrow. It'll be different. A lot of times it'll just be different. And sometimes it just... Hear me today. There are times to lean into that and to discuss what you're feeling. And, and, and when you name it, God can, can heal it and all that. I believe in all of that. I have walked through that journey, in fact, recently. I so believe in that. Oh, but there is a time. I taught this at the first of the year. There's a time to stop. There's a time to stop whining. There's a time, time to stop crying and complaining. I'm right there with you. I'm preaching the choir right now (laughs) and talk about him. Man, I just so desire right now, what's on me personally, I so desire more moments of talking about him and not all the other stuff. All other stuff matters. But man, when you start talking about him, all the stuff that matters starts to matter a lot less your purpose, your calling, your destiny, all the, the will of God for your life. but It's exhausting. Right? If you're, if you're getting close to 40, raise your hand. Come on, just admit it. It's might as well right now, right? This is where we spend most of our time. There's a reason why there's, it's called a midlife crisis. The world picked up on what God was doing in us. And we just wonder, well, am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Is this whatever? And you're, you're seeking him, and that's, that's fine, the season that you're in, uh, whatever. But like, hey, just talk about Jesus some. Talk about his goodness some. Talk about how faithful he is. Man, did you see this in scripture? This is what I learned today. And it will help you. It will help that soul. <clears throat> we got to talk about him. And then number three, you want to burn for him. You want to feed your spirit, man. You have to cultivate and create desperation. This is probably the the, the biggest point today. Learn to cultivate and create desperation. In verse 28, here they're walking with Jesus as they near Emmaus in the end of their journey. And I love this part. Jesus acted as if he were going on. Jesus was playing with them oh, yeah, we've been walking and walking. All right, is this y'all stop? All right, we'll see you later. (laughs) See if they'll invite me back. He acted like he was going to go on. And what did they do? They begged him to come back. This is before they knew it was him. They begged him. They were desperate. And it caused them to burn. See, the reason I say we have to create and cultivate desperation is because we live in America. No one was was stopping you from coming to church today and won't next week or the rest of your life. You're free to come and worship. You aren't persecuted. You'll have food on your table for lunch and for dinner and for every other meal. I'm not saying that there's not people in the room that are going through some really tough times, but, but let's just be honest. We're not really all having to believe for food today, are we? We're not having to hide out to read our bibles. We have it pretty easy. And if we're not if we are not careful, <laughs> we'll get complacent and lukewarm. So we have to learn as the American church, I believe this with all my heart, we have to learn how to create desperation. We have to cultivate our own desperation. If you're not desperate right now, find out a way to get there. How can you do that? Spirit-led faith risks. Let the Spirit lead you to take a step. You, you You need something that you have to depend on Him for. If you make a lot of money, you need to figure out a way to believe in Him. If you're well off, Man, you need, to, you need to figure out a way that like, I, you got to use your faith for something. This is why it's so important to constantly be growing and constantly asking the Lord. And it may be an inner work that he wants to do. It may be an outer work where he wants to, you to evangelize or, or pray for people or, or start something or whatever. But I would just encourage you, do something where you have to use your faith. Because when you get into that place, you'll get desperate and you'll start to burn. Another one, you can start to fast. Fasting is a great tool to help you cultivate desperation. And I'm not knocking this as I say this, but like not the wimpy fast. Not the, oh, I'm gonna fast social media for a week. It's like, whoa, way to go. (laughs) I've been there and I need to do that. And it is hard, kind of. But let's just, can we just put it out there like Really? I'm so sorry you didn't get to look at Instagram for a week. Sorry. But like, do the real stuff. Like, don't eat. Like food. There's a lot of ways to fast. I'm not an expert on it. But it is a way to sacrifice. And it is a way to shut your flesh up. And it is a way to get desperate. And then I think the last one is sacrifice. How do you cultivate and and create desperation? You sacrifice. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.